Hello and welcome to Let the Record Show, a Seville Law podcast. I'm Kelly Mize, attorney at Seville Law, where we help you through life's transitions. Today, I'm going to talk to you about why you need a power of attorney and a living will. And just a reminder, if you have any questions about this topic or anything regarding estate planning, probate, and more, you can visit our website, civillaw.com, for our blog and resources to help you. So this is an episode that I've wanted to do for a long time because I get the question all the time, why do I need a living will? Why do I need a power of attorney? I just don't see the reason for having one. And my goal with this episode is to show you what can happen when you lack proper estate planning. So first, let's review because you're probably wondering, what's a living will again? What's a power of attorney? How are they different? So a living will is a written legal document that spells out medical treatments you would and would not want to be used to keep you alive, as well as your preferences for other medical decisions, such as pain management and organ donation. While a healthcare power of attorney is the type of advanced directive in which you name a person to make decisions for you when you are unable to do so. So they should also take into account your wishes as laid out in the power of attorney itself and or your living will. So to simplify it, a living will is your wishes regarding your care, should you be hospitalized or seriously injured, while a power of attorney is a person who makes those decisions in accordance with your already spelled out wishes. So with that in mind, let's talk about Terry Schiavo. This is a case that you may or may not be familiar with. It was very highly publicized and contested both in the state of Florida and in the federal courts in the early 2000s. So Teresa Marie Schiavo, a.k.a. Terry, was a 26-year-old woman in February of 1990. She was married to her husband, Michael, who she'd been married to since 1984. So they'd been married for about six years at this point. Now, it has been reported that Terry had been what I believe we now call crash dieting and suffering from disordered eating and was diagnosed with extremely low potassium levels, which can cause heart arrhythmia and other cardiac issues. On February 25th, 1990, Terry collapsed in her home in St. Petersburg, Florida. Despite Michael immediately calling 911, by the time paramedics got to Terry, she was non-responsive, not breathing, and she did not have a pulse. While en route to the hospital, paramedics were able to resuscitate Terry, meaning they got her heart beating again, but Terry did not regain consciousness. After two and a half months in the hospital, Terry's condition did not improve, and doctors concluded that she was in a persistent vegetative state, or PVS, and being kept alive by machines and a feeding tube. While this was a nightmare for Terry's family, her husband and her parents, the nightmare was only beginning. Terry's family and doctors did not give up on her, and that would prove to be both a blessing and a curse. For two years, Terry underwent various medical treatments, including occupational therapy, speech therapy, and other experimental treatments to no avail. Michael had previously been appointed as Terry's legal guardian in 1990, shortly after Terry's initial diagnosis of being in a permanent vegetative state. However, in 1998, when Michael filed a petition to remove Terry's feeding tube and essentially deprive her of life-sustaining measures, Terry's parents intervened. Michael insisted that this was not the type of life that Terry would have wanted and she would want to be let go. Her parents, however, who were of the Catholic faith, contested this petition, stating that Terry shared their Catholic views and would be opposed to the removal of the feeding tube resulting in euthanasia. 
Because Terry had not executed a living will, stating her wishes for her care, nor has she appointed a power of attorney prior to her incapacity, this decision was thus taken to court in early 2000. While the trial court initially ruled that Terry's feeding tube could be removed and the Florida 2nd District of Appeals Court upheld the decision, the fight was not over. While Terry's feeding tube was taken out on April 24th of 2001, so we're now 11 years into this, remember that guys, it was reinserted on April 26th, 2001 after an injunction was granted on behalf of Terry's parents. And this would continue to happen once more in 2003. Michael and Terry's parents continue to duke it out in the courts. And guys, there's a ton more backstory that you can look up if you want to. I'm just giving you the highlights here. But in the end, this issue was the subject of 14 appeals. It spanned all levels of the Florida judiciary and came to the attention of the federal government, as well as Congress and President George W. Bush. Ultimately, in 2005, Terry's parents' final appeal to keep their daughter alive was denied, and Terry's feeding tube was removed, and she finally passed away on March 31, 2005. Terry had been in a persistent vegetative state for over 15 years. It is estimated that Terry's care, while in PVS, totaled over $1 million, and that's not even taking into account the cost of the numerous legal battles between 1998 and 2005 on both sides. During Terry's autopsy, her brain was found to be half the weight of a normal human brain due to the extensive damage suffered at the time of her collapse and her continued life. The doctor performing the autopsy stated that the damage to Terry's brain was irreversible and no amount of therapy or treatment would have regenerated the massive loss of neurons. So what's the point of this story, you might be asking? The biggest point of all is that this all could have been avoided had Terry expressed her wishes ahead of time in a living will and appointed a power of attorney to help make those decisions on her behalf. While this is an extreme example, it does happen and can happen without the proper planning. That's why I encourage every one of my clients to execute a living will and a power of attorney. You absolutely have to make your wishes clear because I don't think anybody wants to end up like Terry Schiavo being kept alive for 15 years with no hope of recovery. If you would like to execute your own living will and power of attorney, come talk to me and I'll be happy to help you. And for awesome listeners of this episode, we have a special discount for the first five listeners to mention Let the Record Show by giving them 10% off their estate plan. And that's it. Remember, if you have any questions about this topic or anything regarding estate planning, probate, or more, you can visit our website, civialaw.com, for our blog and more resources. I'm Kelly Mize, attorney at Civil Law, where we help you through life's transitions. The information you obtain in this podcast or on our site is not, nor is it intended to be, legal advice. You should consult an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established.